0: We are honestly, uh, Janine and I, just happy to be with you this morning to uh, share a a little bit of a word and introduce ourselves uh, a little bit to you. Um, We are, uh, Janine and I have been married 32 years. We have three sons and a daughter-in-law that we parent. Uh, We live in Regina, not Saskatoon, as other director of ministries have in the past. Uh, We're avid riders fan, especially uh, since yesterday. We got back on the wagon having... Uh, you know, jumped off for a little bit. No, we we were pretty good. We were at the game. Anybody else at the game yesterday? Okay, well, a few people. Three. Three in total. We, where, where are you? Like, we were on the, the east side. We were the people that were getting sunburnt and heat stroke. Yeah, oh, you're on the west. You're blessed to be over there. We're also uh, Blue Jays fans, and yeah, we're wondering about staying on the wagon there, but... Um, uh, it's all good. Uh, I've been the director of ministries. Like, I'm Ralph 2.0, in case you're wondering. Ralph Gleagy. You're Ralph Gleagy 2.0. So, except I'm shorter than than he is. And uh, I wanted to extend uh, our support for you, uh, to Forest Grove as, as a supporting and member church of our conference. We have 34 churches and two camps, in, in which you are, have been a part since 1964, You know what other interesting thing happened in 1964? Okay, no one loves trivia here. Tim Hortons started in 1964. I mean, that's pretty important, right, for those of us that are uh, coffee drinkers? 99 members of Central MB decided in 1964, you know, we want a gospel witness in the university area of Saskatoon. 99. I thought that was kind of a neat number. Uh, and uh, you have been excellent ambassadors for Christ here at Forest Grove ever since. Amen? You think so? That's a pat on your back, by the way. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Free. You guys uh, are, are pretty awesome. I love your, your mission statement, uh, to be a covenant community that loves God, disciples one another, and reaches out from the river to the ends of the earth. That's powerful. My role as a director of ministry, if you're going to boil it down to one sentence, is to support SaskMB churches and camps in the mission of Jesus. That's what I do. And so I work with Bruce and Dale and other staff members to encourage them, to inspire them, uh, to hopefully resource them, and to come alongside you as a church and resource you in, in whatever ways I, I can. We, we folks, were are on mission together. Amen? We are on mission together all 34 of us, including uh, plus our two camps. We have one Savior, we have one King, one Lord, one church, one gospel message, one resurrection from the dead, and one hope. Jesus prayed in John 17, above all things, may you be united. And so that's, that's the passion of my heart, is to encourage us to be united. And we need to be united uh, as churches of this conference, because our mission uh, is so great here in Saskatchewan, especially when you look at in an area that we're walking into more uh, deliberately is First Nations ministry. We cannot do that as individual churches. Can't. We need everybody on side. And July 20th, this past July, we had a prayer and talking circle at Hope Fellowship, and uh, we talked about what is God calling us to in this province. With regards to our First Nations people, you know our call is to go to all nations, and we have one huge First Nation here in Saskatchewan that that needs the gospel just as much as the rest of the province. And so I invite you to pray for us as leadership uh, in that regard. Go to our website, our Facebook for more of that story. Um, And I I brought a whole kind of kit of stuff here on the in the foyer on the table. I invite you to go there pick up some uh, materials about what we're all about, and, uh, and, and check us out. We have a new website. We have a new Facebook page. And uh, I'm just learning Facebook. I've tried to avoid it all my life, but now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. So you'll be in our Facebook page somehow. I think I'm going to take a picture of this. The new Forest Grove. It'll be good. Uh, let me take just 10 seconds to tell you what's happening on our provincial uh, landscape and then uh, we want to get to the word, right? Amen. Provincially, we uh, we are looking at f- uh, roughly three to four new church plants this year uh, coming into fruition, one of which, and we, we continue to pray for uh, your uh, north site, Silver word, uh, that uh, you would find that leader that would uh, start that church here for you. So, You are one of the the three or four church plants that are starting this year. We have two new churches that are planning to join our conference, and and one of them is a Pentecostal church, a new African Pentecostal church that uh, has fallen in love with our conference and wants to be a part of us. Janine and I were just in Carrot River uh, a couple Sundays ago dedicating their uh, Gospel Missions new church, and... uh, A little over a week ago, I was uh, kind of an on-site pastor at Redberry. um, And I discovered I don't like camping as much as I used to. Uh, There's too many bugs. Mattresses are too hard. It's too hot. But other than that, it was great. Loved it. Loved the kids. Loved the staff and and being there. I'm going to tell you a story about that a little later on. But let me take you to the Word here. I want to be sensitive uh, to time. And so, uh, but let me pray with you, and then I'll invite you to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Father, thank you for this privilege of being here with these folks, these beautiful people, this community called Forest Grove. Father, I pray that I might be faithful to what you've laid on my heart to share with them. Lord, uh, I pray that your Spirit would work powerfully amongst us, not for my glory, not even for Forest Grove's glory, but for yours and yours alone. And so, Holy Spirit, work in us changing us, transforming us to be more like your son, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn to Ecclesiastes. It's not a book too often referred to or preached out of. It's in the Old Testament. comes after Proverbs. And trust me, it's there. And this morning's message is called Every Effort You Make. And while you're turning to Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter, let me tell you a little bit about the book. Uh, written many, many years before the birth of Jesus. Uh, its author uh, is identified in chapter 1, verse 1, uh, using these words. He writes, the, uh, the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Now, Ecclesiastes means teacher, or it can mean preacher as well. And the whole book is really about the author's search for meaning in life. So he's always. He's going, like, what's it all about? What is, what's my purpose? What's the purpose of life? Uh, where, where am I, uh, you know, to plug in? How am I to live this thing called life? At the end of it, here's a spoiler a little bit. He writes in chapter 12, verse 13, Here's my conclusion. Fear God and obey his commandments, for this is everyone's duty. And so that's a little bit of a context of the book. How many, how many of you have read Ecclesiastes, let's say, in the last six months? One person, two, a couple, a few of you, eh? Okay, there's a few of you that have done that. Most Christians shy away from this book, and they do so because it, it really is historically and uh, even culturally specific. Like it uses a lot of words and phrases and ideas that you, we in the... 21st century, we're just scratching our head over. I've got to find a way to use that in my sermon. But in this book, there's also the constant refrain. And I don't know if those of you just read it, it's always, everything is meaningless, right? Everything is meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. I like the way the King James puts it in uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, where he writes, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What profiteth a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? I love that. But it's a hard book to read if that's always in your face. But I want to share a little bit out of this book because this book and uh, the text I want to share to you has changed my life. And I wanted to share something about me and about God's work in my life. And the other reason I want to share this is, is because the Apostle Paul, he was writing to the church in Rome, and he said, you know, everything in Scripture has a purpose, and that purpose is to encourage you in your faith, every bit of Scripture. And so I want to also, like, share a little bit about my heart, but I also want to encourage you this morning with this text. So Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses, just a couple of verses, verses 4 to 6. And so he writes these words. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. God bless his word. Have you ever wondered if your work in the, for the Lord, if your service for him has made a difference? Maybe you've been an elder or a deacon or Sunday school teacher or an usher or worship leader. Maybe you've been a prayer warrior and you wonder, has anything I've done ever made a difference? Has it meant anything? This past Sunday, I was in my garage sorting through uh, uh, my old files from uh, my pastoral ministry at, uh, at Parliament Community Church. I was there for 17 years. And uh, I had paper copies, yes, paper copies of 950 sermons. And so I was going through these in my garage. It was, it's the work of 25 years of, of preaching ministry. And I noted that, did a little bit of math, and in 570 minutes, I produced 6,700 type pages of sermon script consisting of over 2 million words that took me 400 hours to preach. And I sat there in my garage and I wondered, has it made a difference? 25 years of my life, has anyone been changed? You know, there's times like these in the Christian walk. You don't have to be a pastor, or a church leader, but you can just, hey, I've been a prayer warrior in the church, and, and you just become despaired, wondering, you know, has, has my life for Christ made a difference? What's What lives have been changed, especially if you don't see the fruit of that labor right away? Dwight Edwards is a fellow that wrote a, a book, an article actually, called The Impact of Pebble Tossing. Let me just share what he wrote. And I quote, serving God is often like being at the top of a large mountain and tossing pebbles off one side and the other, then the other. At first sight, nothing appears to be happening. and We're failures in the eyes of God and fools in the eyes of men. And Satan whispers in our ears that we're wasting our time, that few, if any, are really being impacted, and that we ought to be elsewhere doing things that really matter. In this text of Ecclesiastes, and I invite you to go back to that, this teacher uses a a metaphor of farming. And he's communicating something really valuable, at least it's been for me in my life, about my own times of despair in serving God. And he writes, Whoever watches the wind will not plant, and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. And the the first thing I noticed as I was looking at this text is that the teacher sets out to direct these farmers not simply to watch and to look. And the premise behind that is the fact that we weren't created to just do that. We weren't created just to watch and to look, kind of like we were at a Riders game or a Blue Jays game. He's reminding us we're not made for that purpose. We're created to be involved, to serve to make use of our God-given abilities. It's the same thing the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, or in, in Ephesus actually, where he says, you know, we are God's masterpiece. And you know this text after that. We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to what? So that we can do good. Secondly, he reminds us that there are those times and those people who spend precious time and they're watching. What are they watching? They're watching the wind. And they're looking. What are they looking at? The clouds. And the message here in between the lines is that these people are afraid to do anything because something may come along, in this case rain or wind or some other kind of natural disaster that will wipe out everything Or could potentially wipe out everything they've been working on. And you know, for for many in, in the faith, it's the same way. We're too afraid to do anything, to sow, to plant, because we're afraid. I mean, it's a terrible world out there in many respects. I mean, just listen for 15 minutes to any news channel, and we can become afraid. And we can stop planting and we can stop seeding because we're afraid. Another version of the Bible puts it, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And we as Christians can make the same two mistakes. We can spend our precious God-given time watching and looking at the opportunities God gives us to to work with Him in building the kingdom rather than putting our hands to the spiritual plow. We can become spectators instead of sowers. And as Jesus' followers, we can also be too afraid. We're, We're afraid of the world is too messy it will to, take too much of my time to get involved. I might, I might offend people. I might hurt people. And we do that. We think that way so much so that we plant nothing. There's no seeds of the gospel. No helping hand of hope or comfort in Christ's name. And you know what? There's nothing to reap then, is there? We watch and we look. and We don't sow anything. And that's the point this author is making, and it's the point he's made with me is don't be a, don't be a bystander, be a fellow worker. And that's what Scripture says and repeatedly tells us in the New Testament, that we are co-labourers with God. We can also be so afraid that, you know, of failure, of feeling as of an inadequacy, whatever that might be, that we don't faithfully respond to what God puts right before us. and he does brothers and sisters he puts opportunities before us paul said you brothers and sisters have not been given a spirit of timidity but a spirit of what starts with the p power power Imagine if the apostles, after Jesus ascended into heaven, were afraid to follow Jesus and his mission. You wouldn't be here. None of us would be. Imagine in 1964, those 99 from Central MB Church were too afraid while we, you know, university is kind of a university area of Saskatoon is kind of a scary place. Don't know if they really want to hear the gospel. You know, we don't really know the people there. We wouldn't be here. I want to get back to this question I asked you. You know, what if you've been serving the Lord in whatever capacity for a long time and you're just going, you know, has it made a difference? Let me step one step back from that and and look at Scripture as a whole. And you know, one of the things I learned in my own life is that that's God's business, it's not mine. My business is to sow, His business is to bear fruit. And we constantly see that in Scripture. You've heard the phrase, let go and let God. You know, I always thought, oh, that's a bit corny, but it's true. We need to sow and then let God do the work. You know, when farmers plant a, a grain seed, they don't ultimately know if it's going to be a harvest. Not ultimately. I mean, they prepare the soil. They, uh, they fertilize. They put pesticide on. They put the seed in. But then they've got to walk away. Because whether they're atheist or agnostic or 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 believers, they know that someone or something else has got to make this thing grow. It's the same way in the kingdom of God. Paul told Timothy, God makes the seed grow. Spiritually speaking, God makes the seed grow. The writer goes on. Let's jump back to Ecclesiastes here. Oh boy, i got to speed up. Uh, Okay, Um, he says, you don't know. You don't know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb. That basically, in essence, is how the Spirit, the, the God's Spirit, enters the human uh, person in the mother's womb. You, you don't know. You cannot understand the, the work of God, the Maker of all things. You don't know what will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will be, do equally well. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, that's what Isaiah said. He's, he's talking, you know, the Lord told Isaiah, For my ways are higher than your ways, as my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Apostle Paul told the church in Rome, and we know that in all all things God, what? Works. I always kept reading, you know, a little further, you know, works for good of those who believe him. But I, but I had to stop this time and say, God works. He's working. He's working. Dwight Edwards, again back to him, he says, the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying that we're that we are to sow our seed regardless of the visible circumstances, regardless of visible circumstances, because we do not know the invisible and mysterious workings of God. In other words, keep tossing pebbles, because you never know what sort of spiritual avalanche they may help set off, far out of our sight. What seems like a pebble today may in fact end up being a boulder in God's divine orchestration. Amen? Amen? Yeah, boy, that takes the load off. I know I'm mixing my metaphors here, pebbles and seeds, but you get the, the principle, I hope. We don't know how God will use the seed we sow, the pebble we toss, into the kingdom for his purposes. Recently, a retired pastor uh, shared with me, uh, he was at a sport uh, sportsman's event, and uh, he met up with uh, a, a congregant of his i hadn't seen in 30 years to make a long story short he administered to this uh, this man for two years uh he's going through uh, marital difficulties wasn't a believer so on and so forth now 30 years later this man came up to him and uh now is walking with god uh, my understanding his relationship is uh with his spouse is is stronger than ever and he told uh, this pastor, who I met, he says, never doubt that your words had an impact on my life. In fact, they changed my life forever. All this pastor did was plant spiritual seeds. It took 30 years for those seeds, for him to see the fruit of those seeds. How many of you know where Waskisu is? Okay. When I was in Carrot River... Hometown of your uh, senior pastor? Oh, it must be this arm. When I lift this arm, then it. When I was serving in Carrot River, our, our family would always go to Waskasoo Lake, and one of the th- we didn't have much money, so one of the things we did that was free is we toshed, uh, tossed tossed pebbles, uh, pebbles, not pobbles, pebbles into the into the lake, and we would spend hours doing that. It was free, um, and so our boys just loved doing that and you know one of the things as i think about that no matter what size of a rock whether it was a big rock a small rock a little pebble whether it was flat whether it was round whether it was black or diff- whatever color every single one that we tossed into the lake made a ripple every single one every single time What's the correlation here? It's simply this. Whether you're a woman, a man, a high school grad, you have your PhD, whether you own a business or an employee, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're good-looking or less (laughs) good-looking, like me, every single pebble That you toss into the kingdom of God will produce a ripple. Every single act that you do in the name of Jesus will cause a ripple. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter who you are. Parliament Community Church, where I was at. There was a couple of families that uh, decided to sponsor a new uh, Canadian. It was a single mother, African mother, four kids. They uh, cared for her, all her needs when she came to Canada. Um, helped her, you know, with groceries, with the government paperwork, so on and so forth. They brought her to church, and she fell in love with the church. And, and I could still hear her give her testimony where she said, you know, this is where the Spirit of God lives. This is where the love of God lives. We got to know her over a couple of months, and then in November, uh, I received a call from a pastor who was leading about uh, 20 or 30 new Canadians, all from Africa, and he was, uh, he was using an old garage, and this was November. And it was unheated as their worship service. So And they wanted to know if they could have their worship services at Parliament. And I said, well, how do you find out about us? And they said, well, Tri- Christine, who this, this lady, uh, this mom's name, told us that this is where the Spirit of God lives. We invited them to share life with us, to enter into covenant community with us at Parliament. And... Um, I asked them, well, how did you find out about us? And they said, because of Christine. Because there were some people in your church that tossed spiritual pebbles into the kingdom in my life. Now that church is 20 and they're around 60 and growing. People are coming to faith in Jesus. And it was because a couple of couples decided to plant some spiritual seeds to toss some pebbles into the kingdom of God. See what God causes to grow by our efforts, even though we may perceive them as, as small. Anne Frank, a teenage Holocaust victim and the author of the diary of Anne Frank, which has sold over 30 million copies, hard to believe, she said these words, How wonderful... It is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. Every single day, uh, brothers and sisters, you and I as followers of Jesus have the opportunity to improve our world. Share the message of the gospel to give a cup of cold water in Christ's name. The author of Ecclesiastes reminds us that we are not spectators here. We're sowers. We're not to be fearful, but we're to be fruitful. I don't understand the work of God often. But one thing I've been relying over and over again is that God is at work. He's on the job of changing lives. And He wants us to plant seeds, to toss those pebbles into the lives of other people in the name of Jesus. Allow Him to work with those. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm over time. Let me share one story, and then I'll close. I said I was at Redberry Bible Camp a couple weeks back now. Uh, I was there really to be a, a presence of encouragement to the, to the staff, and uh, so I was trying to do that. And I, I got a little bit down that, you know, it wasn't seeming to have any kind of impact uh, uh, or, you know, in that role. And then one morning there was this girl that was – the whole camp was playing wide games and there was, there was this one girl that was sitting on a picnic table not participating and she looked kind of uh, down. And I just received this – just like this sound, received a word from the Lord in my own heart and, and he said, you know what, I want you to go talk to this girl. You know, my, my – is the response, but God, I'm here for the staff, not for the kids which is true, but I heard that boom again in my heart that said, Philip, get yourself over to that table and talk to that girl. And so I went over there, sat down, and I just told her, who, you know, hey, my name's Phil, what's your name? For the next 20 minutes, that girl shared a brokenness I had never heard from a 12-year-old before. Her father had left her, her, her mother was on uh, addictions treatment, her grandmother was on life support. All of her brothers and sisters were in foster home, and the only reason she was at camp was so that she could see one of her brothers who was in another foster family. She'd stopped reading your Bible and wondered about God. Twenty minutes. I just She poured out her heart to me, and all I could do was just absorb what she was saying. The game was over. She started to get up to walk away. She turned to me, and she said, Thank you for talking to me. All I did was toss one spiritual pebble into the kingdom. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do in this life of this young person. I never seen, I've never, never saw her again at camp. So, friends, as I close, all I want to say with you uh, to you is: stand firm, as Paul said, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is never. Underline that is never, ever in vain. Continue, brothers and sisters tossing those pebbles and planting those seeds and watch what God will do with them. God bless you and make you an incredible blessing to others here in Saskatoon. Amen.